Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Sam Rosenberg. How are you today? Oh, God. It's uh, Monday, August 7th, 2017. I'm back. I haven't been on the mic in a while, but um, talking more fantasy football. There's lots of things going on in my life, lots of things going on with my job, lots of things, just lots of things going on right now for Sam Rosenberg. But uh, I'm here to talk some sports. I want to talk this fantasy football forecast. Um, So the last podcast I did, I went through uh, numbers uh, 1 through 25, uh, going right back to ESPN rankings and just doing 25 through 50. This is just me mouthing off, just telling you what I think about each of these players and kind of where I think they should be stacked amongst this list. And um, here I go again. Uh, I think I had already sort of mentioned DeAndre Hopkins and Todd Gurley. Uh, that's the 25, that's the 26, 27 range with Lamar Miller. Like Gurley really fell off the charts and I think he's going to continue to fall, especially with, um, the, I just think the Rams are such a mess. The Rams are such a mess that there's no real, I don't have the expectation that he can bounce back. I think he has it in him, but I don't think the Rams did much to kind of, you know, put him in a position to thrive with that offensive line and the terrible quarterback play. And I just... You know, I'm not sitting back thinking Sean McVay's the solution. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is going to shoot up that list because whether it's Tom Savage or uh, Deshaun Foster, he's going to get the ball. Anyway, I talked about these guys before. Next on the list, Brandon Cooks, now in New England. Cooks, is he's, he's your number one guy. I, I mean, there's it's clear that he and Tom Brady want to build a rapport um, and that you're, you can expect him to be dominant, but again... You know, it takes time to build some rapport with Tom Brady. I think Cooks is a good find because typically, you know, Brady is enough of a good quarterback that he's going to share the ball with all of his guys. And, um, you know, there's there like like anything with the Patriots, you don't fully know what's coming at you. You know, the running back situation is always sort of fluid. You know, you have those heydays where you know Julian Edelman is going to get his, and you know Danny Amendola is going to kind of fade in and out, and there's gonna, and Gronk is going to be back in the mix. Like, how much is Cooks going to get? So I think he's appropriately ranked this low because I don't fully know if you're ready for full-on consistency from Cooks. Um, but listen, I think he's a good... you got to play him the first couple of weeks to at least see how he's going to fit with that Patriots team. You know, how how involved he's going to be in the offense. I mean, if he's just dominant, Brady will throw him the ball a lot. Uh, but if he's like, you know, okay, he... Let's just hope he doesn't have the t- the Chad Johnson year in New England. Um, move, let's move on, because the next one I see here is the Chargers' Keenan Allen. Now, I think he should be ranked higher on this list. I think he had a rough injury last year, you know, but every time he's played, he's been dominant in that offense as a receiver. Um, I think that I think Philip Rivers trusts him a lot. I still think, even though he's got the injury history, I still think he's young enough that he can be a monster. And so I would actually kind of like to rank him higher up on this list. I think he's going to be a bit of a sleeper just because he's coming back from that injury. And with that, there is uncertainty. Whenever there's uncertainty, the, you know, there's, there's lower rankings in fantasy football. That is how it works. Um, but I'm, I'm really high on Keenan Allen. Sammy Watkins, now, now we're, we're getting entrenched in the wide receivers. Sammy Watkins, I, I haven't really been big on at all throughout his career. Uh, you know, he came in with a lot of high hopes. The Buffalo Bills traded up to get him, but he's just dealt with this foot injury for a while. 
cannot stay healthy, has only really shown glimpses. I know he can be a stud. Um, and the, uh, But I haven't seen it consistently enough yet that I feel comfortable jumping out there and going and getting Sammy Watkins. He's not my... You know, he's not my first choice, and usually if he's there, I'm not going to go get him. You know, good luck. If he if he starts the season out and starts to be really consistent, this is a different discussion. And it's, you also got to think about Tyrod Taylor throwing him the ball. Tyrod Taylor's not a bad passer, but he's a pass-run, you know, kind of hybrid, and, you know, his passing yards are not going to be dominant, which puts Watkins in a situation where he's not in an aerial attack. I think I'd be having a very different discussion if Watkins was on the Saints or if he was on the Packers or if he was on, I mean, anybody. I mean, she's on the the Dolphins now that we got Jay Cutler coming to the Dolphins. There's some big news. Jay Cutler's got to get thrown on this list, although he's going to be pretty far down. Jay Cutler hasn't been a tasty fantasy football pick in years. Um, Marshawn Lynch. Now, there's going to be some interest here because now this is what, at least two seasons away from football and Beast Mode's just going to come back and be Beast Mode. I'm... I'm really interested to see how the Marshawn Lynch situation is going to evolve because, I mean, you can't you can't count out the fact that he's been away from football and he was dealing with an injury. I know that's a couple of years now, but still, he's got age, he's got injury, he could slow down quickly. You got to really be careful with Marshawn Lynch. I, I'm if he's on the board, I think I'm going for him, but. I might be, I think I might stay away from him this year. I think I might stay away from him. I could be wrong. I mean, he is a beast. He's beast mode, but, and, 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 you know, there's also consideration of the Raiders. He's on the Raiders. This is an amazing team, an amazing offensive line, great aerial attack. Like he could be icing on the cake and he could really thrive simply, but you know, the Raiders will end up being like a three-headed monster. You know, they'll probably, I know they, they moved on from Latavius Murray, which I think was a good move, but they still have you know, these other guys, Jalen Richard, and I think it's uh, Dwayne Washington or DeAndre Washington. I can't remember. I'll, I'll think of it. It's I'll look down on the list at some point and pick out which one of these. I'll, I'll follow up, you know what I'm saying. But, you know, it could be more of a three-headed monster. And so just be cautious. Don't expect that you're going to get an awful lot with Marshawn Lynch. Now, number two tight end on the board, Jordan Reed. Okay. Tight end position, I think, has be- officially become – there's no one who's really a solid a solid play anymore because your top two tight ends are Jordan Reed and Rob Gronkowski, who are monsters but have not been able to stay healthy. You know, there was a time when you could really count on Antonio Gates, where you could really count on Tyler Eifert. You know, Tyler Eifert's had two injury-riddled seasons, but two years ago, we're forgetting that he was an absolute stud. And, you know, Gary Barnage kind of faded back into nothingness, but... You know, maybe he shows back up again. I, I, I could be wrong. But Jordan Reed, it's just, I think in the tight end realm, you can wait to, you can you can afford to wait. Jordan Reed, I, I'm not sold on him being that high. Next up is Jarvis Landry for the Dolphins. Now, I think this is the first Dolphin we've seen on the list, unless, I mean, am I wrong? Oh, well, Jay Ajaye, but I mean, the first, first Dolphin wide receiver. So Landry, you know, I'm thinking this year, there's a very real chance that Devontae, um, uh, oh God, this is the other Devontae, um, God, who's the other dude in Miami? All right, I, I don't want to see, I, I, I can't sound like a complete idiot, hang on. Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker, the other wide receiver in Miami. I, God, I felt like I was losing my mind. Devontae Parker, 
I think this might be his opportunity to kind of rise a little bit above Jarvis Landry. I think Jarvis Landry is ranked this high because you know he gets the volume, and you know, like he's a slot guy who's going to get a lot of volume, but and you know he's a tenacious player. I mean, I've always liked him, but I just I kind of feel like last year you started to see Devontae Parker kind of rise. And this might be that time where either he or Kenny Stills sort of steps up. And now we're talking about them catching the ball from Jay Cutler. You know, a guy who is probably more of a prolific passer. I can't even say, it's crazy to think I'm saying prolific passer with Jay Cutler. But he's a good passer and probably a better passer than Ryan Tannehill. And now you've got a bit of a step up with, you know, Landry. I mean, Landry, I kind of like him better now that that he's catching the ball from Cutler. And I still think, you know, I still think Parker might be end up, might rise above Landry, but I mean, Landry's going to get his in the slot. That's the truth. Isaiah Crowell at running back. Okay. I still don't know if I can trust any of these Cleveland players. I'm just, I don't know. I can't draft Crowell. This Cleveland team, they've got to prove that they can even play football before I really roll with any of these offensive players. Terrell Pryor in in Washington, I like it. I think Terrell Pryor is going to be dominant. I think he actually should be higher. I would rank him above, you know, Marshawn Lynch and Isaiah Crowell. Um, you know, I definitely. I mean, those are running backs. But I would I put him? Would I put Terrell? I would. Pro, I would put Terrell Pryor ahead of Jarvis Landry. I would do that. I would. I would take Terrell Pryor over Sammy Watkins. Yes. Yes. Um, affirmative. I, I think Kirk Cousins can air the ball out. You know, all of these offensive guys in his scheme have done pretty well. I mean, he had Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon, but I, I think Pryor will take advantage. He's a talent. He's just a talent. And I think he'll, he and Jamison Crowder are going to tear it up. Okay. Julian Edelman should be higher on the list. Julian Edelman. I mean, at least in a PPR league, he's going to get his, um, you know, now with the, there's no suspension for Brady with a full year. You can kind of feel confident trotting Edelman out there pretty early. Listen, I don't care where you rank him. I always think Edelman's more valuable. Uh, Golden Tate. Um, yeah, yeah, I like this ranking for him. Um, definitely above. There's no one else. We haven't seen anybody else with Detroit, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Because uh, I still think Golden Tate's ahead of Marvin Jones. I know Marvin Jones had like this monster game last year, but it was really just one game. And over the course of the season, Golden Tate really proved to be the the better of the two receivers, at least in my opinion. And I still think he's going to get his. Um, it was a little up and down, you know, last year with the, the Detroit wide receivers. But it's, you know, it, you got to see what they're doing, at least at the start of the season. Because Tate and Jones are going to get theirs. They're going to put up stats. Are they going to put up as, you know, gaudy stats as some of the other wide receivers in the top 25? They're not, but this is why they're down here on the list, and I think Golden Tate is still a solid play. Now, Christian McCaffrey, the rookie running back for the Panthers. This is, you know, this is now where you start to say, all right, how high? Rookies are always the toughest thing with me. I struggle ranking them. I think most people struggle ranking them. It's a, it's a very difficult play because is McCaffrey really going to be worth this much? He's ranked higher than pretty much all the other offensive skill position players for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, I haven't seen Cam Newton. I haven't seen anybody yet. This is the first guy they've ranked ahead of every single other player on the on the Carolina Panthers. And I mean, is is he going to be that good? I'm weary. 
I'm I'm a little bit more of a tried and true person. I like to see some real numbers. I tend to stay away from running backs. I would probably pass on him. Um, unless something was going on auto draft, I'd probably move on. Uh, Crabtree. All right, Michael Crabtree. I liked him last year. I still think he's going to be good, but again, he's the number two guy in, in Oakland. You kind of need to temper your expectations, understand he's going to be a flex play, understand he'll be a red zone target, understand that he's going to do stuff. He will be dominant, uh, but he's he's not going to put up great numbers all the time. He's going to have a three-touchdown game, and then he's going to have a three-reception game. That's, that's what you get with Crabtree. Now, next on the list is Allen Robinson. Now, this is a guy who was really being rocked high up on this list for years until last year. He fell off the planet last year, and there's a sense of, I don't really think this was him so much as this was Bortles. And it's crazy to think that, you know, Bortles is the same guy trotting him out there next year, and, you know, has anything really changed? I mean, if you look at last year and the year before, it was like, what what really happened aside from Bortles regressing? Um I kind of think Allen Robinson could be ranked a little higher. It's hard because of last year. I mean, last year was really painful. Allen Robinson owners were stung badly last year, and it's reflected by him being ranked at number 40. I kind of think he'd still be higher, though. Like, I mean, I feel like I would gamble on Allen Robinson before Michael Crabtree. Um, I mean, I would, gall- I would gamble on Allen Robinson before Golden Tate. I mean, that's the truth. I wouldn't, not Terrell Pryor, give me, I would still take Terrell Pryor over Allen Robinson right now. Next on the list is Aaron Rodgers, I mean, or, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's your first quarterback listed so far at number 41. Um, how can you argue with that? Uh, I think that, you know, every year, whoever goes to the Super Bowl, there's a sense of, like, they kind of have this high-ranking swagger, like, you know, Andrew Luck, there was a year or two where he was ranked, like, number one and Aaron Rodgers was number two because, you know, Andrew Luck had, like, gone to the AFC Championship game. And then, of course, Andrew Luck gets injured for two straight seasons, and now he's deep in these rankings. Um, you know, there was the year when Cam Newton went to the Super Bowl. Next year, he's, like, he and Cam- and Aaron Rodgers are, like, the one and two quarterbacks. I th- I don't think anyone's trying to kid anybody with this. It's, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's, like, they're not going to throw Matt Ryan up there and be like, yeah, Matt Ryan's your guy next to Aaron Rodgers this year. We know Aaron Rodgers is a better pick than Matt Ryan. And I think Matt Ryan's Super Bowl appearance last year will probably, and his MVP season, really, is really only going to get him up at, like, you know, quarterback number seven or something. There's a lot of doubt cast on Matt Ryan after Kyle Shanahan leaves to coach the Niners. Um, okay, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I love that. Um yeah, he he should be ranked number four, 41, that's fine. Bilal Powell, running back for the Jets. Okay. First off, uh have we seen Forte on this list? I can't remember who the hell No. No, Matt Forte is is totally ranked very low on this list. So instead, you've got Bilal Powell. There's a belief here that Bilal Powell is going to really take a step forward and kind of start making Matt Forte look old. Um, okay, uh, there's, uh, sure, I, I still, the, the Jets feel like the Browns to me, they feel like I can't trust this franchise, I don't know what I'm going to get out of them, I don't really have any confidence that these guys are going to produce and be good, um, you know, I don't trust Bilal Pal. I don't really want to touch him, uh, I'm sure he'll be productive, I'm sure, I do think there is a sense that he will take a step forward, um, I think there's a sense that, 
the whole Jets organization will take a step forward simply because they were so bad last year. But, I mean, they are the Jets. No offense, Shaka, but I, I just, sometimes it's hard. Uh, I don't know if I'll be putting Bilal Powell on my fantasy team. That's the truth. Emmanuel Sanders. Um... Yeah, I mean, I like this. I think I just think Emmanuel Sanders is a good enough talent that he'll get plays. He he feels the same way to me like Michael Crabtree. You know, he's in an offense where, I mean, that's the difference is that Crabtree's in a better offense. There's they're saying Trevor Simeon is going to be the starter again for the Broncos. I I mean, that was having Simeon and Lynch was the thing that really just killed the value of Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders last year. And again, that's why they're ranked this low. I mean, I would if you're in a if you're in a deep league, if it's if if you're talking like a 15, 16 team league, 14 team league, things like this, go get Emmanuel Sanders. He'll be a solid play. You know, you can count on the fact that he will have games this year that will be impressive. Like you know that's gonna happen. It's just the consistency is where is what sort of knocks him further down this list. Oh, whoops. Um, so, uh, that's what I have to say about Emmanuel Sanders. Next up, Tom Brady. Okay. Brady, number two quarterback. I mean, yeah, he's Tom Brady. I mean, as a fantasy football performer, he really has gotten better over the years. Earlier part of his career, I don't think he was known as a great fantasy performer, but, uh, you know, last couple of years, he's just so smart, amazing football IQ, great arm, still in, still healthy, still in shape. I mean, he's the guy who really, I'd, yeah, I don't feel bad ranking him number two. I mean, Super Bowl MVP, what are you going to do? It's Tom Brady. How can you argue with that? I mean, in years past, like last year, I feel like whoever got Tom Brady late in the draft, it was always a steal because, oh, the suspension, people weren't thinking about it. But, I mean, I'll take Tom Brady as my fantasy football quarterback any day of the week, hands down. Probably should be ranked higher on this list. Not above Aaron Rodgers, but ranked higher on the list. Uh, next up is Carlos Hyde. I don't know if I like this. I heard some rumblings uh, several weeks ago. This could be old old news now, but, uh, I mean, I heard they were talking about he might be a surprise cut. You know, his performance has been up and down. He's a guy who, you know, I, I mean, San Francisco's just been so bad the last couple of years. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I don't feel good enough taking him. I, I would probably step away. Uh, next is Devontae Adams for the Green Bay Packers. Um, yeah, I think he's probably going to take a step up. I would take him ahead of Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I would take him ahead of Bilal Powell. Um, you know, I, it's hard to say, but I think I might even take Devontae Adams ahead of Michael Crabtree because I really think he's going to take a step forward. That offense is still so amazing. And, you know, he just got really dangerous last year. And that's something you really can't ignore. Like, he was putting up better numbers last year and the year before. And I think that's what we wanted out of Adams, what we were expecting. And we got that. He was able to really produce last year and and put up some gigantic numbers. I mean, I think he had injury issues at times. But, you know, I, I, would, I would gamble on him more than, you know, an Emmanuel Sanders or a Michael Crabtree. Uh, next is Travis Kelsey. Now, I like that. I like that. Um, however, the next the next tight end on the list is Greg Olson. But I'd kind of, I mean, I, I, I'd kind of take Greg Olson ahead of Travis Kelsey. I think Travis Kelsey does a lot, and he can be dangerous. 
but I sort of like Greg Olson's consistency with Cam Newton in that offense over the Alex Smith Chiefs offense. I just think there's too much there's too much conservative play in the Chiefs offense. We know this. Andy Reid, Alex Smith, I mean that's why they drafted Patrick Mahomes to try to put a little bit more, you know, aerial attack in that in that offense, but just you know, they've always had a they've had the offense that you can function with when you have Alex Smith as your quarterback. Andy Reid knows this, Alex Smith knows this, the Chiefs organization knows this, the whole NFL knows this. Um and with Kelsey, you know, he's only going to be as high a ceiling as that offense can give him, whereas I think Olsen has a higher ceiling. I just think there's more explosion with Cam Newton uh, and Olsen in that offense. I would take Olsen ahead of Kelsey. That's me. Um, Still, Kelsey's a great pick. Um, It's appropriate to rank him here. Next up is Larry Fitzgerald. Okay, this has still got to be a question mark. I know Fitzgerald is amazing, but we've seen him get older over the last couple of years. And last year was the true anomaly. You know, we were really expecting a drop-off. The whole Cardinals offense was a real conundrum last year. And I was listening to the Ringer NFL show with Robert Mays and Kevin Clark. And, you know, they made a really good point about how I think we're underrating the Cardinals now. Because two years ago, this was a team that was in the NFC Championship game and was knocking on the door to go to the Super Bowl with Carson Palmer and one of the scariest aerial attacks that we'd ever seen, and Bruce Arians pretty much saying, listen, you got to chuck it. And Bruce Arians is clearly, you know, not a conservative play caller. So we were expecting a lot last year from the Cardinals, and they took a really embarrassing step back when, I think it was, what are they, what were they, 7-8-1 and one or 8-7-1? and one. It was just, it was bad. And, but out of this strange sort of awkward you know, inept aerial attack, you got this, 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 this lightning in a bottle renaissance for Larry Fitzgerald, which I don't know if it's lightning in a bottle because it's Larry Fitzgerald. We've been seeing his whole career, but we were seeing, you know, a nice, slight, steady decline of Larry Fitzgerald in a healthy, almost sort of, sort of estimable, estimatable way. You were sort of like, we know he'll get a little worse this year, but it's still pretty good. Good enough to draft him this high in fantasy football. But then last year, he really became the the most reliable receiver in Arizona, and Arizona still has a great aerial attack, and it's proof because he's still the first Arizona receiver we've seen on this list. And, you know, I can't really say any of this without the absolute, complete collapse of Michael Floyd. So Michael Floyd was the heir apparent. He was the guy they drafted. They wanted him to be the man. He started, you know, slowly getting better over the last couple of years, but his play dipped and he became inconsistent. Inconsistent enough so that he gets suspended and cut by the team. He ends up getting picked up by the friggin' Patriots and wins a Super Bowl even though he never ended up playing. I was at that game. I didn't see him on the field. Um, but Michael Floyd's now, he gets suspended for the first four games of the season with the Vikings. I, it's just, the point is, this, you know, Michael Floyd was the guy who was supposed to allow, you know, Larry Fitzgerald to kind of retire and, you know, that's that's not going to happen now. Fitzgerald's still playing. I mean, it's also a testament to how athletically gifted Fitzgerald is, how much of a monster he is, um, the fact that he can still play, can still contribute, and can still do this now. And, you know, I mean, the offense really is David Johnson. I mean, he is a force for this team. But... You know, I don't think there's another wide receiver on the Cardinals. And Carson Palmer's going to throw that ball. 
and Bruce Arians is going to want to air it out. And, you know, John Brown is probably the next guy we're going to start talking about on this fantasy football list. But, you know, can you really, you know, can you really say any of these guys are better plays than, than Larry Fitzgerald? And it's probably no. So, I mean, I would probably take Fitzgerald ahead of Emmanuel Sanders. I would take him ahead of, uh, I would take him ahead. I I I don't know. I wouldn't take him ahead of Michael Crabtree or Allen Robinson. I just Fitzgerald. You just don't know. You just don't know what you're getting. Um, you know you're getting something. You just don't know what it is. Uh, Danny Woodhead. Hmm. Hmm. Danny Woodhead. You know, I've always been a big fan, but now we're talking a new franchise. We're talking the Ravens, and we're talking you know coming back from an ACL. I. You know what? I'll gamble on him. I'll gamble on him because the Ravens like to use a running back. They like to use a fullback. Then you know they're gonna they're gonna get creative with how they include him in the offense. I uh, I actually I like this. I would certainly take Danny Woodhead ahead 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 of Carlos Hyde, ahead of Bilal Powell. Yes, um, I would take him ahead of Isaiah Crowell. I don't think I would take him ahead of Christian McCaffrey though. But I would take him ahead of, like, you know, Isaiah Crowell, guys like that. I mean, fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck this guy. Um, yeah, Danny Woodhead, I'm high on him. I am high on him. I, I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm weary of the injury. I am weary of the injury, but, you know, the Ravens will utilize that position, and I have faith in their offensive scheme. I, 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 I mean, they might even use him more if they've got to start the season without Flacco. I mean, Flacco missing a chunk of the season is very real. Um, yeah, so actually I would, I'm pretty high on Woodhead. I like that. Next up is Greg Olson, but I'm, I already talked about Greg Olson. Jamison Crowder. Okay. Um, yeah, I actually, I'm expecting a lot from him this season. And you know what? I would take Jamison Crowder ahead of Emmanuel Sanders. I would take Jamison Crowder ahead of, I don't know, uh, not ahead of Michael Crabtree, not ahead of, uh, no, no, that's pretty good. Would I take Jamison Crowder ahead of Larry Fitzgerald? No, 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 it's fitting. No, it's fitting. It's fitting. I like it. I like it. Jamison Crowder, yeah, yeah, I like it. It's good. It's good. It's good. Tastes good. I like it. Um, yeah. You know what? This is it. That's the end of the podcast. This is 50 people. I did the next 25. It's good. Got some, got some exercise on the mic. This was all right. This was all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. A little fantasy football check-in. Give you a rundown of these players. Give you a sense of who you're dealing with. Um... As always, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Thank you to Don Kinian for the uh, Sam Sports Podcast theme music. Um, like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Uh, follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Email me at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I love you. Love all of you out there. And I uh, love uh, my family, my friends, my wife, little Junebug, everybody. Thank you for the support. It means a lot. I'll be back soon. We'll talk some more football. Take it easy.